Good morning, River City. We are so happy that you're here with us this morning. I know it goes without saying that this week has been heavy and sorrowful, but I want to invite you into a different perspective that sorrow can be a really good thing. And this morning I'm reminded in 2 Corinthians 7, verses 10, and it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow leads to death. And so this morning, our response to the black community is deeply biblical, and I think that it is very adjacent to godly sorrow. And so I invite you into being really interested in what this godly sorrow can do for you, what attention and engagement, what pressing in and longing for justice builds up in you, because godly sorrow always leads to action. And so this morning, now more than ever, community and loving community is so, so important. So we invite you to connect through the many ways that are always available. You can comment in the sections below. You can send us a photo or a video and tag us or use the hashtag RCCChurchEverywhere. But now for our announcements. So we have a save the date for you. On June 9th and 10th, we will be having a food truck night and it'll be from six to eight. Please make sure that you RSVP, that way that we can maintain some social distancing, but we are so excited to get to see you guys again. And if you're in the mood for more groups this summer, we'll be opening up some summer groups, but there'll be more information on that next week. Speaking of gathering, you will have seen a video on Facebook by now, but we are in phase one of our regathering plan. Right now, we're just praying and planning through some next best steps. And so we invite you to pray alongside of us because we are so excited to be back with you. We want to do that really well. For our last announcement, we are excited to welcome Jenny Turner. She is going to be our City Kids pastor in Turnham till August. And if you have any questions or you want to know more about her or next steps, we invite you to a Zoom call that will take place this evening at 6 o'clock. You'll see a link in the bio. Now for our lectionary reading, it's going to come from Psalms 8 this morning. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passes the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so God, we invite you in this morning into every home and every person that is here with us today. Lord, we pray for revival. We pray for restoration of vision. Lord, we pray that you make us more like you in this moment. That you begin to teach us your ways and the ways that you see others. 
Lord, we thank you that you are a good God, that you are kind, that you are full of righteousness and justice, and we long to follow suit. Lord, remind us that the connection that we have with you is deeply tied to the connection that we have with our neighbors. And so, Lord, we love you and we welcome the invitation to make the culture of heaven visible on earth. You're such a good God, and we worship you gladly this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Before heading into prayers of the people this morning, I want to read out of Revelation 7, starting in verse 9. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, for any, for, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let us pray. God, I thank you that there is a promise to your people that every tribe and tongue and nation will gather around your throne. I thank you that there is a promise that there will be a day where there will be no hungering and no suffering that you are faithful to tell your people that there will be a day where evil will be no more, where wickedness will not prevail. And we anchor ourselves as believers, as your children to these words, and we cling to them as our anchor of hope. As we pray for your children and for the people around the world, May we do so prophesying, saying, worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain for you. You can be washed in the, your blood. Purify our hearts. For the universal church, its members, and its mission, we pray for the 22 killed in Mali by jihadist. God, would you come and comfort the villages who have lost loved ones? Would you bring justice to those who are raging against believers in the villages? God, would you come and pour out your mercy? 
We pray for the Pakistani couple who are on death row, seeking to appeal that on June 22nd. God, would your presence come? Would your spirit move in the courtroom on their behalf that they would be freed for their unjust, unjust incarceration? Would it be a moment where your name is lifted high? Turn the hearts of the wicked. May we see a glimpse glimpse of your justice on earth. We pray for the world and those that are in it. We pray for Mexico and Brazil and most of Africa as they continue to fight their battle with COVID as the numbers increase. May we not forget that our at the global community is still suffering. The global community is still fighting this battle. May we link arms with them providing aid and resources where we can. Comfort those who are losing loved ones who are suffering in hospitals, in beds, and in homes. Provide aid through government agencies and through nonprofits. We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County. I thank you for the Smyrna government that has chosen to take a stand against racism, who has chosen to say that we will not put up with the mistreatment of our black community. I thank you for them taking that stand and I pray that it will be just the beginning, beginning that county by county government officials will come out and say no more, there will be change. Burden our hearts to partner with our government officials. Burden our hearts to listen and to love our neighbor. May we not turn a blind eye. May we rest not in the peace that comes from the earth, but peace in you. God, help us to sit in the tension and the discomfort Allow our hearts to remain humble. May we listen to our neighbors, both inside River City Church and inside Smyrna and Cobb County and Atlanta. God, I thank you and I cling to the words of revelation. Your work is not done. May we partner with you in what you are doing. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, River City family. Um, Wow, miss you guys so much and cannot wait to be back together with you soon. I know it's coming up in a couple days. We have an opportunity. You've been able to watch a video explaining how we're doing that. This week, I'm just going to jump right in. Um, It's a crazy time. We're living 
in the most dynamic, tense um, season that I think no one expected. And we're right in the middle of it right now as the body of Christ and just as humans all over the world, all across America, our cities are embracing protests and experiencing riots and seeing the response to the murder of George Floyd continue to allow our communities to mourn 400 years of injustice, right? It's, as I've experienced this week, it has been hard for people to even put into words and weighty, and especially for people of color, at least in our community that I've been talking to, having to just have conversations about it has been hard and I'm hoping we're becoming learners, and I myself am wanting to become a learner even more. I told you guys last week how I want my heart to break more and more like Jesus does. Um, Realizing I'm not the most woke person on earth and not wanting to pretend like I am, but wanting to be a learner. But we're right in the middle of a season that is giving us tremendous opportunities, but that's just a portion. We're also still in the midst of a global pandemic trying to navigate it. People are literally sick right now. People are dying. People are still walking in fear. People are socially distancing. People are heartbroken, right? People have lost loved ones. There's a mixture of all kinds of emotions, mixture of all kinds of things that people are trying to navigate and and the body of Christ. We have a huge opportunity A couple of things right off the bat I want to share with you is that we need to be reminded that we are the body of Christ, that we are not a mistake in our cities where we've been placed. We are like outposts of the kingdom of heaven. If we choose that, we would want to be that, right? And and we get to choose if we want to be that. And my hope is that our body would step into its role as the body of Christ, as the peacekeepers in our city and as those who enter the places Jesus would enter, as we hear the call of our cities and people who are broken and the poor and the oppressed and the people of color that need us right now. And so I'm hoping we can step in, but I want to remind you right now that as we do that, you're also able to lean into the presence and the gift of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That's our source, and we need to be reminded That as we want to be a part of what's happening in the world in any season, he is the sustainer. He is where we go to start. He is what we develop out of to be sent into situations. And we've been talking about it all year, how we be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. It's interesting. We've been being prepared even before this season to be filled by Jesus, but then to be sent or to go. Today's kind of an interesting Sunday church globally because it's it's recognized as Trinity Sunday, and it's the Sunday where you celebrate the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And as we start today, I want to read the Apostles' Creed with you together. And if you could read with me, I'll read slowly as a stabilizer and a reminder, right, whose we are who we are and what we're called to, and our source in that. And it says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Apostolic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Because it's Trinity Sunday, one of the texts for today is the Great Commission, which kind of takes us back from where we've been. Last week we were in Acts chapter 2, now we're going to Matthew chapter 28. And so, if you'll follow along with me as I read this, this will be our main text for today. And it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This text is extremely interesting because it's a text that many of us have built our churches around. And we've built our churches around three key verbs in this text. That is to make disciples, to baptize, and teaching in the ways that we need to teach. These three things are things that the church has focused on. It's even on our walls in some areas here. But this assumes that people will come to us for the message. These three words alone, right, we spend time creating intricate and delicate, caring environments to invite people to come be at so that they can step into these things and be offered Jesus. This is the way that we built a lot of our churches in America. It has not worked in the last two months because we're not inviting people to our churches. And so I've loved to see how the gospel has had to reach out of its walls, reach out of the walls in the churches that we've been a part of, and to start to permeate places where people really are, to take what we know to be ours and then leave the church and give it to people. The word here that I want to focus on is a simple word. It's the word go. It's the first verb used. And the word go, just stop for a moment and let come to mind what comes to mind with the word go. I'm instantly reminded of athletics growing up at a starting line or the start of a game or the beginning of a jog, or the start of a workout. I'm, I'm thinking of the beginning of anything. It, the word go is an initiation word to say, get in. Right? It's almost as if in this text he's saying, go, get out of here, like do something. But I want to just stop and remind people that they're not starting from this point. They've spent three years, at least with Jesus, learning from him, abiding with him, failing with him, spending time with him, starting to understand what his voice sounds like so that they can recognize the prompts when it's him speaking to them as their shepherd. A few weeks ago, we talked about John chapter 10, said the sheep know his voice. He goes out before them and calls them. He calls them out, out of the sheepfold into the wild. They've been spending the kind of time with him that would help them to recognize his voice in the middle of whatever situation. They're still not certain what they're about to do, right? Even though they're hearing what to do, they're still not certain. They're uncertain. They would probably still do it the wrong way. But they've developed a sense that they can trust the shepherd, especially in seasons that are traumatic, 
and uncomfortable where they don't know the end or how to navigate it. They've learned how to understand and follow the promptings of their shepherd. The word is go, but they're doing it on the basis of something that's been established between them. I love the idea of the church being given the word go. There's a quote I want to read you really quickly. This is from Dwight Shirley. It's very simple. Church, the church finds its identity when it participates and the mission of God. In Eugene Peterson's understanding of the Gospel of John, he wrote in John chapter 1, verse 14, a super quick snippet. You can pull that up as well right here. And Eugene Peterson describes it as the word becoming flesh and blood and moving into the neighborhood. Someone else said that it's not that the church has a mission, it's that God's mission has a church. And I love this understanding that there's identity found in the doing with God on the basis of a developed connection to him, right? Being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing what Jesus did. There's this understanding that at some point, after three years with him, he looks at them and says, go, guys, get out of here. And that's clear. Get out of here, right? Go do these things, but don't Wait till everyone comes to you, right? Don't set up scenarios where people can come to the things that you want them to do. Go, be out in the world, right? Can we hear his invites in this season of our lives? What does it look like for the body of Christ to go into this season? If he's he's saying to us, Josh, River City, friend, go, what does it mean for us right now? In Luke 10, the disciples are actually sent out. And I want to read you this passage because it's not the normal way that we would think that Jesus is sending out. It says this, After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go, and he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near, I tell you, it will be more bearable on you on the day of it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. This is a wake up call to me to hear who Jesus is sending his disciples and he's saying to them, You may feel like you would like to host this next season of the ministry that I've called you to. But it's one thing to host something to have people come to, and it's a whole other thing to enter someone else's world and be hosted by them. 
And then this season, I hear the voice of Jesus inviting me and hopefully our body into conversations that we're not hosting, but are being hosted by others, into cultures that we're not hosting, but we're being hosted by, into smells and sights and musics and things that we're not in control of. Like there's a reason we want to be the host of an event. There's a reason we want the event at our house. We control the music that's played, the food that's served, who can sit where, the time it starts. There's a reason why when we go into a city or on a mission or even on a mission trip, we come back talking about how much God was moving because the control is out of our hands and it's into the hands of someone else. Sometimes we're hosted by people who don't even know they're hosting us. We place ourselves at the mercies of others. In this season, for these disciples, he's saying to them, go, get out of your comfort zone, out of things that you want to invite people to in ways that you want them to be done. Go and do this. Go be at people's mercy in their homes. Go be the guest, not the host. It's so much different to be the guest. You can't assume things as the guest. You are taken care of as the guest. You are told how things will work as the guest. Back to the movie Chosen, which I told you a month ago has broken my heart. It continually still does. There's a scene where Jesus goes in to Mary of Magdalene's house and she's hosting the Shabbat. And it's customary for the house leader to host the Shabbat. But she assumes that he would do that. And he looks at her and says, no, Mary, I need you to. So even Jesus has the ability to enter into a home. And I'm not saying this is a for real story, but I love the picture that happens in this scene where Jesus, even Jesus enters into someone's house and says, I'll be your guest. The season is asking us to be sent to hear the word go to be full of Jesus connected to him, but to go be a guest of those who need to be heard and who need to control environments right now. To put ourselves at the mercy of other cultures and other conversations, to be listeners, to be guided. This is my invitation in this season. The promise of this passage, back to the Great Commission, there's verbs everywhere. We're being told to go and baptize and make disciples and teach them in the way. But the promise is that the Spirit and Jesus will be with us as we go. All throughout the book of Acts, Jesus is sending, as we saw last week. He's filling and pouring out his Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And then all throughout the book of Acts, you see that Jesus is actually using the, the power of the Spirit to invite people into places. In Acts chapter 16, his disciples are actually on a mission and are stopped in a vision by the Spirit of God and told to go see a man from Macedonia. So they shift their whole vision. This is what they were going to do. They were sent by God, and we know this is the way to do this. And in the midst of their travels, sharing the gospel, they're The Spirit of God breaks into the conversation through a dream and tells them, no, you're not going here now. Here's where you're going. Will you listen? Will you go? And they go, and there's a man from Macedonia there waiting for them. This is us right now. We've had our mission. We've thought that invitations into our spaces and creating comfortable environments to make sure people don't feel overwhelmed when they enter a sacred space. We've thought that this is the way. This is the way to make disciples. But now we're learning that we have to get out of the church into our world, especially now. We're being called as the body of Christ to stand in our cities, speak peace, to be peace, to be listeners, and hopefully to repent, to lament, to listen, and then to respond as the Spirit invites us into hard situations. That's where we're at right now. 
He's trained his disciples. He's shown them through action how to be not someone who dominates with power, but someone who is submissive and loving and others-focused and covered in the fruit of the Spirit. We are not called to not have the fruit of the Spirit, even if we believe the Spirit of God through a prophet or someone has told us to do a thing. We're not allowed to not walk in the fruit of the Spirit. That's proof that it's not the Spirit of God. If it's not love for our neighbor, it's not from God, period. So we're being called to be the body in a season that needs to see the body of Christ, to be the outpost of God. We're being asked to go. Will we participate in this mission? A quote I want to read you right now is from from Stephen Eason, and it talks about how the disciples are students. They're like interns. Interns are watching, practicing, under supervision, asking questions, making mistakes, and learning from them. Jesus said very clearly, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go make students of Christ. Put people in internships, into a lifelong learning process. This is a major paradigm shift from making church members or whatever else we substitute for discipleship. As we're in one of the toughest seasons that we have ever, I think this is the toughest season at least my generation has ever been in. We can't replace the first step being a step for us being submitted to Jesus. He has to be the goal of our submission and our sending and our filling because the healing's going to come through what he's offered in the gospel through the cross. So our first step has to be back to be with Jesus. I know it feels like right now the first thing that needs to happen is an action step. This morning I spent time asking God to teach me how to even be in the world right now as a pastor and how to lead as a pastor submissively to him, apologetically where need be, and repenting of the brokenness and even the racism that's hidden in my heart. I want to be taught by him to do it. And he told me the first thing that has to happen is I have to be reminded that he is my source and sustainer. He is where I am quieted. He is where I am filled, and he is who sins. And the promptings of his spirit are important to understand in a season especially like this. To be first acting without asking God to send is the wrong steps. We have to be prayerful, but it can't stop in prayer. I had a conversation with Kara today as we were recording. I asked her if she was doing peoples of the prayer. And I didn't even realize it when I was saying it, because prayers of the people is what we pray. And then people of the prayers is what we do. We have to be a people who pray. But then we have to put steps to those prayers. We have to move from just praying into the steps of action that come through prayer and listening. But prayer can't be replaced We have to pray to know how to act in prayer. And so as we move forward in this week, I'm not going to speak forever today. I want to give some time at the end of this service for reflection, for listening. I want to give some clear action steps for our body. First of all, my honesty is I've had multiple conversations this week that have felt uncomfortable. I have not felt equipped for them. I felt like I've asked the wrong things. I feel like I didn't ask the right things. I've made people uncomfortable. I've recognized the weight, especially from people of color right now in our community at least, for just having to answer so many questions and be the source for new answers for people who are all of a sudden interested. I've interacted with Facebook and 
Instagram and thought, man, there's a lot happening here, but it can't end here, right? It can't just be a two-month stint of posting things about what we believe. It's got to move into a place where it becomes our actions. It's got to move from prayers of the people to the people of the prayers. So I want to continue to learn. God, continue to break my heart. Help me to say the hard thing when I'm supposed to say the hard thing. Help me to not appear to have it all together and to try and act like I'm more woke than I actually am, which would be a temptation of mine, to have the right answer, to, to make people proud for the way that I handle it. God, I still need to be led by you. So I think it's important to have some action steps for our community. And we have two things coming up that I want to invite our body into to help navigate these conversations. The first one is... Shannon has gotten access through the people who made the movie Just Mercy, and the group uh, called Perspectives through our church is going to host a night on the 17th where we can come and watch this movie, but it's RSVP, and we want you guys to come, and then we're going to have some breakout after that, whether it's that night or another night where we can have conversations built around this. That's the 17th. We would love for you guys to come, all of you. I'd love to have to do three viewings of it so that we can talk about it and continue the conversation. And then the second thing is I'm encouraging our whole body to step in and begin to read the book Black and White. Um, hopefully we can put a link here to the, to the Amazon purchase site, I think that would be great, to go ahead and start to read together and understand and be learners, and to do this together as a body to move forward. I think will be incredibly important for us to make action steps, not just postings on Facebook, not that that's bad, especially in this season, but it can't end in a rant. It's got to continue, and I want to continue the work. And so it's got to be more. I'm inviting you in with us to do that. Today as we end our service, and I know this is a super quick message, I want to give some space for silence, which will be uncomfortable and awkward, but I'm asking you in your homes to just breathe out, take silence for a few moments to contemplate specifically this question. If the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ and God our creator in whose image we are all made equal in his sight is saying to us, go right now, go. What does that mean for you and your family to go and to not keep sitting? And maybe the go is to go into a space with him to listen, but don't let it end there, right? I had someone tell me recently that the end goal in Christianity is to enjoy God I could not disagree more. The end goal in Christianity is not to enjoy God if my neighbor cannot enjoy that. The end goal in Christianity is to give the God that we love to our neighbor and to be the blood and the body of Christ in our neighborhoods, right? To be so full of God that it's like we have rivers of living water flowing out of us. The end goal is that everyone would have God, not just that I have God and love my God. And so what is the go for you? Maybe it's to make an action step right now. Maybe it's repentance. Maybe it's for the first time just being able to do what all Christians should become comfortable with, self-reflection and repentance. None of us are perfect. We all need Jesus. And the more we can say we need him, the more room he has to form us. Maybe your go is into that space of repentance. Maybe your go is an apology for the way that you've viewed things and the way that you have imposed your will on others in this season. But listen in this space for the go. What is he saying for you? Go, go do this. Go. Don't just stay there anymore. Go. 
That's our call as a body to go, and we'll do it together. But we're going to take a moment of silence together to allow for the Spirit of God to begin to work in us. And Jesus, today we just want to say thank you that you're the God who speaks lovingly to us as your sheep, as you're leading us out into the wilderness. Thank you that you're the God who speaks so clearly that we know it's your voice as you send us into our cities. Thank you that you're the God that shows us that to be like Jesus is not to dominate, control, and not self-reflect, but to be a listener and a guest, and someone who washes the feet of even your followers. The humility that comes from you is the fragrance that draws so many to your feet. Help our body of Christ globally to hear the promptings of what a humble, servant, loving, caring, selfless Jesus looks like in a world that's dominated by narcissism and selfishness. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.